0: You are listening to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and I'm joined here each episode with my co-host, Chrissy Dunham. And we just want to say thanks for tuning in. Have you ever wondered what the Bible has to say about worry and fear? Have you ever wondered how to decorate an odd-shaped room? Have you ever wondered how to make a quiche with a sweet potato crust? (laughs) Well, you're in the right place because we talk about all the things— If we don't know the answers to some of life's biggest, most wonderful questions, the guests we have on certainly will. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wonder Podcast.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Wonder Podcast. I am here today with my ministry partner, Lisa Clark. Lisa, how are you this beautiful day? It is a beautiful day, Chrissy.
0: I'm doing great. We are in November and it's turkey time and it's thankfulness time. Your favorite
1: time of the year, I think. Yes, for yes. sure. I I just had this conversation with the lady today. I am September to February. That is my prime. Yeah. I am in my prime with all the holidays, with all the fun, even in January, because it slows down for just a short bit and everybody kind of regroups. And then February is the month of love and then spring hits. So there's really, <laughs> I really like it all because I love Easter. So it's really just summer. I'm not crazy about. Yeah. But we yeah. have been on a journey here mm-hmm. recently on the Wonder Podcast we have started a study of sorts with first John, second John and third John and we've heard from our listeners they love when we go through books of the Bible. So today we are continuing on that journey and we are in first John chapter 4. So as is our tradition, Lisa reads in a nutshell just to kind of give You an overview of what a commentary says about the the chapter. And I assume she has that ready to go because that is our tradition.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We like to look at the book or the chapters in a nutshell. And so, in a nutshell for first John chapter four, here we go. We should put to the test every person and message we hear to make sure they are of God, to see if they confess the humanity and deity of Jesus and to discern the spirit of truth and falsehood. We must love one another as God has loved us. As we do, we present a mature picture to others of God's love, and we will have confidence at the judgment seat of Jesus. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. That's good stuff, Chrissy. <laughs> that
1: is very good. That You know, sometimes people say the Bible is confusing and hard to understand. That's one thing I'll say about First John. Yeah, uh, you know, is it is all about being a brother, loving each other and understanding who Christ is. So That's true. That's that true. was that was great in the nutshell. For sure. OK, well, let me read verses one through six and we'll okay. just dive right in. Again, we are in First John, Chapter four. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, And the spirit of falsehood. So to me, this section, what's going on is this church is being is confused about some of the things that are the basics. You know, one of the things there we're going to dive into in the next little part is about the Trinity. But there are false preachings going on in this area in the world, even in the church. So he is making it very clear to them: this is how you know if it is from God. And what did he say? If they claim that Jesus is God, that's how you'll know. If they claim any other God or anything about God that is not related with Jesus, then that is a false prophet. So Lisa, if you take that into the world today, There are many falsehoods out there. You know, we are in the middle of political season and there are lots of falsehoods being spoken about other people. And I just told my husband the other night, I don't know if I could ever run for office just because of all the falsehoods that go on, all Mm -hmm. the things that go on every election. But with the Bible... You know, with the world, you're like, oh, is that really, is is the news controlling that information or is that someone's opinion? You just don't really know the truth. But with the Bible and with God's people, you know, it's the truth. And John is telling them that, you know, it's the truth. If Jesus is God, which again, in this next little reading that Lisa will do, we're going to cover. The Trinity, and the Bible doesn't really talk about the Trinity, but it's obvious throughout scripture that there is God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. So he's telling them, you are going to know if it's true or false if they talk about Jesus is God, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So I love that to me, it's very black and white and easy to understand. And I know I was at a church before and someone thought there was some false things being spoken at a retreat. And we came to this scripture and we talked about it. And is this person talking about Jesus? Is this person talking about God in this way? So I love that he's spelling this out to them. And he you know, is actually talking about you can't deny the incarnation. You can't deny the Trinity and all of that. And if it's a false prophet, you're going to know it.
0: That's right. That's the way. I mean, man, that's why we have to be prayed up. We have to read our scripture. We have to know the truth. I think it's going to be harder and harder as time goes by, as the culture changes more and more, it's going to be harder to know the truth because we are being thrown so much information all the time, it's going to be harder to know the truth. And it's going to be harder to live in the truth. Even today, Chrissy, in 2022, when you say, I stand by God's word, there's a lot of people who don't like you. There's a lot of people who don't agree with you. There's a lot of people who think you're, you know, whatever. And so that's just going to get harder and harder to stand by what we know is truth like you already said, black and white truth. It's getting watered down even in our churches. Yes. It's getting looked over. We're trying to, you know, be likable. And so we change the scripture or make it not black and white. We make it gray. So anyway, truth truth is just going to get harder and harder. And, you know, the warnings are there even 2000 years ago. So
1: that's right. Here that's we go. Right.
0: Okay. Let me keep reading here. I'm going to read verses seven through 16. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. That's so powerful. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. Boom, drop the mic. Okay. We've got a power chapter here for sure. If that's not marked in your Bible, you need to mark it. And let me read verse eight again. Exactly. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So there's that. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that he might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. That little square of of scripture, 7 through 11 Is great to read at your Advent. I know Christmas is, you know, in a few weeks. Read this as you talk about the coming of Christ, because this is why he came. He came with a sole purpose, and that was to redeem mankind. Let's keep reading. Verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. So, you know, here we are, we're talking about love and why did Jesus come? Why do we celebrate Christmas? We came because God is love. God wanted to have a relationship with mankind. He wanted that relationship restored. And we see all through the old Testament, how he said he gave them the laws and he gave them the sacrificial system. And he said, okay, I want to be I want want to have a relationship with you guys. I want this to work. So let's start this. Let's have these laws. You know, if you break them, then these sacrifices are going to need to be made and all these different kinds of sacrifices. Well, it wasn't working as soon as they would get there and make those sacrifices, whether it was their yearly pilgrimage, or if it was the more, more immediate sacrifice, whatever it was, those sins started mounting up almost immediately. They could not get redemption. It was, they were always losing ground because their sins were mounting up. And and God said, you know, I'm going to send my son who could be the only perfect replacement for the sins of the world, the only perfect lamb of God, that is my son, Jesus Christ. And so Jesus came to redeem the world. So everything about the gospel is love. So when we as believers in Jesus Christ choose who we will love or who we won't love, that's not in Christ. And so it's, it really helps us to understand this scripture and to know that we are called to love. Does that mean we are called to overlook sin? No. You know, does that mean we are, we are called to excuse sin? No, we're not. That's not our business. (laughs) That's right. That's not our business. That's God's business. We are called to love people we are called to know the truth. We are called to share the truth and, and to do that in love. And I think that's how we've gotten a little messed up here is, is we're, we're kind of weighing heavy on the love part and the truth. We're just kind of letting go and like, well, somebody else can figure that out.
1: Right. You know, or let them figure right. that out.
0: On no, I mean, we've been given the truth. And, and the truth is that God loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus. And now in Christ, as little Christ as Christians, there's a, there's an expectation of holiness because of all God has done for us. So anyway, it's great scripture. This is definitely a, a power scripture for sure. I mean, being discerning is so important. And with the Holy Spirit, we can be discerning that. Does that mean we're going to know all the answers? Absolutely not. We're not going to, we're going to always have questions, but man, being discerning through the Holy spirit can help us as we are called to love, just like forgiveness. Absolutely. I mean, we can't, we can't choose who we're going That's to, and right. we're not, it's hard. It doesn't make it easy, but because we've been forgiven, we have to offer that back. Let me see what else I have here, if anything. So you know, the gospel, we're, we're talking about that, but that confession in Jesus Christ, that's what leads us to salvation. It's those E E questions, you know, when you, that's right. You know, what do you believe is going to get you into heaven? Well, all the answers are great, but they're not the answer. If it doesn't mean confession in Jesus Christ, if you're not confessing Jesus Christ as paying the price for your sins.
1: What else? What do you have in there? Anything else? That just that 13 through 15 is where I was talking about the Trinity. It just becomes very apparent. You know, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. Yes. And we see and testify the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them And they in God, that's the Holy Spirit, that that's the Holy Spirit, right? So that's what we rely on. That's what we live on now. Back in Acts, when Jesus left, he said, I'm going to leave you this Holy Spirit, and he is going to guide you, direct you, be your counselor. He's going to help give you answers. So when people say, oh, I just have a, a check in my spirit. Well, you probably do have a check in your spirit if you're walking with Jesus, and it's usually very reliable if you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit and depending on him, show you the way. Mm-hmm. So let me continue on with verse 17. let to finish up. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't the world be an amazing place if this is how we operated? Definitely. That there is no fear. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in God. When you um, stand before him, there is no fear. There's no judgment. He has taken care of everything. It says in this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. Was Jesus fearful? Yes, he was human. He was human just like we are. But when we walk with God, there is no fear because we know who's controlling tomorrow. We know who's controlling five minutes from now. And we know that he is taking care of our life because we have given our life to him. He came for us. We gave our life to Jesus, and now we trust in him. And then it goes on to talk about love. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister, the father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. So what is the most important commandment? Love God and serve others. Mm. So we are to have a relationship with him. And in a relationship, you talk, you communicate, and he communicates to us through his word. So you have to be in the word. And we talk about that all the time, but people, let me tell you the first commandment, if you love God and you are of him, you want to love him with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love others out of that overflow. That's right. So John is just telling them that, that whoever claims to love God, if you hate your brother and sister, you're a liar for whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they've not seen.
0: Yeah. And this is coming from Chrissy, the man who watched Jesus crucified. mm -hmm. Isn't that so important to keep in perspective? Yes. that He's talking about love and he watched his savior. You know, the Messiah, he watched him crucified. Yes. So, I mean, if that's not the gospel, then I don't know what is. That's pretty powerful. Okay. Do you want me to move on to chapter five and read in a nutshell real quick? We want to get through chapter five here. Let's do it. Otherwise we're going to have part four of of one. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so good. It is so good. We could go on. Okay. We can have assurance of our salvation. A person who believes Jesus is the son of God is born again. The spirit testified that Jesus came by water and blood. Anyone born of God does not continue to sin. God keeps him safe and the evil one cannot harm him. Okay, so this is interesting. So let's go there. Let's go there. Why don't I start reading in chapter five? I will read the first 13 verses here. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. But this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit who bears witness because the spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness up in heaven, here you go with your Trinity, Chrissy, the father, the word, which was Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water and the blood. And these three agree as one. If we, re- if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. He who believes in the son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and that the life in him and that life is in his son. He who has the son of life, he who does not have the son of God does not have life. Let me read verse 12 again. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. Let me read. I'm going to read one more to 13. I'm sorry. These things I've written to you that you that who believe in the name of the son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the son of God. So we can know if we're saved. We can know. I, I remember having roommates in college who were a different faith. And they just were hoping for the best, fingers crossed. And I remember having this discussion with them, like there are scripture that tell us that we can know. And I remember going to this verse. I had not done EE yet, but EE, this is one of those. There's First John five thirteen that we memorize because people are concerned. There's there's a whole you know group of of, of people in the world who don't think you can know and are just hoping. For the best. Well, if I died a day and I didn't do so great today or yesterday, then I might not, then God might not let me in. Well, that's not what the scripture tells us. These verses are delivering the message, message of Jesus. With Jesus, you have life. Without him, you are dead. So it's all about Jesus. So many teachings happening that John felt the need for this letter to remind them of their first love. How many times a day do I need this message to be reminded of my first love? I mean, we've all struggled with keeping Jesus at the forefront of our lives. But when I don't acknowledge him all day because I'm busy or stressed, my first love, how many times we laid our head down on our pillow tonight and thought, Lord, have I even talked to you today? Have I even thought of you? So this was a great reminder, you know, to, you know, it's, it's all, we, we need to focus back on our first love. And I, and I think that's what, I forget which church it was in, in, I think it was, oh, it was the church at Philadelphia, I think I don't know. I had lost
1: their first love. Chapter Revelation, chapter three.
0: Yeah, so there it is. He's saying you're doing great. I mean, you're doing, but you've lost your first love. And you know what that looks like? It's just that intimacy. It's just that joy. So many times we can get just checking the box, and and then we look back, and you're like, oh man, lo and behold, I've lost my first love. That's right.
1: And this scripture comes in good. I have counseled many, many youth, high school, junior high of kids that have been saved. You know, f- they receive Christ at seven, but then as they get older, like, am I really saved? I'm not sure. I'm one of those people. Yeah. I've walked the aisle five times Yeah, and people would show me this verse and I don't want to, I, I want you to know the enemy is out to get you. He wants to cause confusion. He yeah. wants to do that. So, if you're a listener and you're like, I don't know if I'm saved or not, well, today's the day to make sure you are. That's right. That's right. And it's never, you know, like me, five times, it doesn't matter until you get it and you totally understand. And I think a lot of that's because no one walked beside me to show me exactly what it looked like to be, you know, what do I need to do? I was, you know, in a small town and We went to events and we did all these things, but no one walked beside me to show me exactly what to do. I saw my parents doing things, but no one walked with me. So that's why discipleship is important. Once you receive Christ, so you know what to do and how to do it. It's just so important to remember the enemy wants to destroy you. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. So he wants to steal your testimony. He wants you to feel like you're not saved. He wants you to feel you're a loser. And that does cause fear. Yeah, well, the verse we just read, there is no fear in Christ. There is right. none. So take care of business. Yeah. Take care of business. Now is the time. Okay. okay. I believe to wrap up this chapter, I need to pick up in verse 14. 14. This is the confidence. I love this confidence mm. we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. If you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. And I'm not saying that you should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin. And there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps them safe and the evil one cannot harm him. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true by being in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourself from idols. It's interesting that he ended that way because even people then struggled with idols and you're probably sitting there thinking, I don't have idols. I don't have a wooden statue that I worship. (laughs) I don't have a picture that I'd pray to or bow down to. Idols, as many of you may know, are busyness. Mm -hmm. Idols are social media. Anything that takes you away from knowing God is God and treating him as such, anything that gets in the way of your times with him, anything that gets in the way of going to worship, that is an idol because God has to be first in your life. Just like he said, the biggest and greatest commandment Well, all I ask this is Jesus talking, is to love me Mm. with your heart so much. That's it. You don't have to go on a mission trip. You don't have to do anything else. What happens is you fall so madly in love with him and his word and who he is that you want to do that as an overflow. So he's ending this chapter reminding them, enemy has control right now. Jesus is still on his throne and he is still taking care of business, but he is letting Satan do his thing. If we are with Jesus and in Jesus, we will not be harmed. We will not be harmed, but he's going to make life miserable. Like we talked about earlier, the Bible says that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he will make life miserable for us because he knows we're on the other team. He also knows that nothing can touch us. Nothing can harm us because we are in God's arms. Mm -hmm. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, nothing can harm you, but by golly, he's going to make you miserable. And he's going to test your faith. And he's going to try to talk you into lies. And he's going to try all kinds of schemes, which are where the idols come from. Idols pop up. Social media wasn't around when I was growing up, but I had other idols. So you have to keep it straight. That your relationship with Jesus is the most important thing you can do. And he takes care of all the other details. And that's how John is wrapping up this letter to this church is like, hey, we know anyone born of God does not continue to sin, but the one born of God keeps them safe and the evil one cannot harm him. Of course, we're going to sin. We are human that you ask forgiveness and walk away. When he says continue in sin, it's something you know is wrong, but you continue to live that way. You need to ask yourself, why do I do this over and over and over and over and over, especially a sin that God detests? So this is kind of a reflection time to look at your life and see who you are, what you're about and who you're really living for. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: Jesus on the throne of your heart. Amen. And you know, even when you study David, King David, he was, um, he had some pretty horrific sins <laughs> yes. mounting up, right? And yet God said he was a man after my own heart. We mm-hmm. are going to sin as long as we're covered in skin, okay? However, is our heart for God? Are we remorseful? Are we repenting? Are we confessing? Are we hating that sin? Are we understanding what is sin? There's the difference between just living however we want and continuing to live on this earth, which is a fallen place and recognizing, yeah, we're going to still have some bad thoughts. We're still going to roll our eyes. We're still going to, you know, do some things because we're covered in this skin, but our heart's desire is to please the Lord. And our heart's desire is not to sin. Our heart's desire is to be more like Christ every day, like, a, a and have a heart for God, like, a and be a man after God's own heart, like he called King David. So that 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 grouping of scripture can be confusing because, you know, you're like, well, then who is, a, who is saved, right? Right. right. <laughs> who amongst us is saved if we're never going to sin? And, you know, even the greatest of theologians will say, you know, not me, right. I must not, you know, yes, we're, we're covered in skin. We're going to sin, but our heart's desire when we're saved by the grace of God is to please him. And all that we do is to live for him, is to reflect him, to be his representative and to please him. So That's right. good stuff. Okay. Well, I think we wrapped up first John. Oh my yes, word. We
1: did. That is the <laughs> end of first John. And we will continue this series with our next session covering John two and John 3. So join us then. Thank you so much for listening to The Wonder Podcast.
0: Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. We are thrilled that you've spent this time with us. Just want to say thank you. We also want to make sure you're aware that we have another podcast called Raising Sinners. It's on the Christian Parenting Network. And we would love for you to join us there, too. If you've got kiddos or know someone who does, check us out at Raising Sinners, the podcast for parents. And lastly, Chrissy and I also want to just thank those of you who have been so generous to support our podcast ministry. If you're interested in doing that, we would love for you to go to chrissydenham.org and click on the party table. You can make any size donation and all of those proceeds go to help us with our podcast ministry. So if you've done that before, we thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you'd like to check it out, please do. So God bless you. And thanks again for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast.